Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, the Cook Islands to feature in an expanded Pacific Rugby League test programme. The OFC Champions League semi-finalists are confirmed and Fiji Nepal star Maria Lutua gets her shot in Australia. But first, England and France have agreed to tour the Pacific Islands as part of big changes announced by World Rugby to the global test calendar. From 2020, there will be at least a 39% increase in matches between top and second-tier nations. Tonga's head coach Totoi Kefu said that more test matches against Tier 1 countries can only be good for the Pacific. It's a way in progressing and advancing those Tier 2 nations. simple way of just us being exposed to better teams, harder football, more consistent football, um, and which makes us better, more competitive. You know, we've seen in the last few years, uh, Fiji have played at Twickenham the last two years, including the World Cup. They also played there back in 2012. Samoa have played a few matches against France in recent seasons. Obviously, based on rankings, Tonga in the last few years have struggled to get as many Tier 1 uh, test matches. But uh, do you think this would significantly boost that opportunity for, y- for yourselves? The more rugby we can play against the Tier 1 nations on, on a consistent level, the, the better for us. Uh, exposes us to, to, to better players, uh, better teams, um, harder rugby. Um, and we're only going to benefit from that uh, more and more, um, the more frequent that happens. Um, in saying that, uh, those Tier 2 nations, the Romanians, you know, the Canadas and the Georgias, they're just getting better and better. So I think it closes the gap between top teams and, and the bottom teams, um, whereas I think you go back to the World Rugby Cup when it first started, those first two World Rugby Cups, there was probably only one or two teams that could win that. Now, you know, outside the All Blacks, the gap's closing between the top 15 teams, I think, um, and becoming more competitive. One of the really hard parts has been getting that reciprocation, uh, getting, you know, Tier 1 Northern teams to go to the Pacific. You know, we saw the All Blacks obviously finally play in our pier and the signal from England and France that they'll come to the Pacific, having Wales come this year, a few years ago it was Scotland. I mean, that's quite a big step. It is a big step. It brings it to our doorstep. Rugby in the islands is their number one sport. So, you know, it brings, it brings that, uh, those big teams to our doorstep and gives an opportunity for our fans and locals local supporters uh, up close access to, to come and watch these big test matches, whereas in the past it's always always been overseas, Northern Hemisphere on TV. So um, it, it gives them a bit of a reward, the fans, for being loyal. But um, it also gives us the opportunity to play them uh, in our backyard and, and it improves our chances of winning, definitely, I think. I actually looked back at the stats and the last time uh, England have never played in Tonga or Samoa, they've played twice in Fiji, France have played in all three countries and I actually found a couple of pictures from France playing Tonga and Nukolofa and I think it was 99 and uh, Tonga actually won that one 20-15. Teams do tend to 
struggle down in the island. So just I think with the environment, the, the heat and the humidity, it's a big opportunity for us to uh, play them in our backyard, like I said. We were desperately hoping that we could get the Welsh game there, but to no avail. But hopefully that's a signal to, to our governance to try and hopefully get that field ready in the, in the future. This schedule that's been announced is from 2020. So from a Tonga point of view, obviously the, the stadium, Te Whaiva, it's going to have to be ready by 2019 because that's when the Pacific Games are. So I, I guess that's kind of the worst-case scenario, isn't it? Another two years. And if that's the case, then once this whole thing kicks in, then... Tonga should be ready to go, hopefully. The reaction from the Welsh game not being held in Tonga um, has been quite brutal. So there's a lot of pressure now on, on, on the government, on the union, um, to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So the ground now has to be at least ready for the, for the Pacific Games, as you said. And, and if there's an opportunity for another team to come down um, in the near future, we hope that, that we don't miss that opportunity again. That's the Tonga rugby coach, Totoi Kefu. England and the Cook Islands will feature in an expanded Pacific Rugby League test programme. The Cookies will take on Papua New Guinea as part of a triple header at Campbelltown Sports Stadium on May the 6th. Fiji Bati will face Mate Ma'a Tonga in the second match before England clash with Taua Samoa. The Cookies coach, Tony Iro, says it's great to finally be involved. Yeah, no, it is exciting for our boys, especially, you know, the disappointment of uh, missing out on World Cup from our knockout match 18 months ago. It's nice to have something, you know, different on the calendar for our players to look forward to. So it's become a real integral part of the NRL calendar, uh, the Pacific Test weekend. Uh, and, I, and I know a lot of our boys are really looking forward to taking part. Also nice to, to change it up as well, because it was the same fixtures every year, so... You've got Fiji up against Tonga, obviously Samoa get to play England and, and yourselves against PNG, so it, it keeps things a bit fresh as well? Yeah, I think so, and all of the, of the island sides uh, need as much exposure to the international game as possible. I think that's where the growth area is in, in rugby league, especially in, in this part of the world. And I know, you know for England to come down, uh, you know, which is a big, um, big commitment from them, it's great to see you know, them supporting the international game. You know, with all those sides, they've played some great, great footy, over the last few years, and and I'm confident we can we can get uh, a strong Cook Island side together and, and play a style that befits us. And um, as I said, we've had some limited opportunities on the on the international scene over the last few years. You know, we're going to be sitting back uh, with a little bit of pain in our heart, not being part of the World Cup. But this is um, one small step for us in terms of trying to requalify for for the you know upcoming World Cups in in 2021. Is there an element of having something extra to prove in this test? You've wanted it for so long, you finally got it. You're obviously not at the World Cup. Do you, do you feel some sort of pressure to deliver, to perform? I think probably the boys probably feel that they um, they, they belong in the World Cup. You know, that's not to be. You know, we went through a qualification process, and albeit a pretty tough one for us, we certainly think we deserve to be there, uh, but it's not to be. So the big thing about this is, is still to give opportunities for our players and to, and to see that there is a, a genuine pathway through through island football, and I think if the International Rugby League Federation can um, just show some consistency in their scheduling and give opportunities to the players like that, then I'm sure we'll see the Cook Islands back in the World Cup sooner rather than later. So, is you know, in my opinion, the strongest part of rugby league is obviously in the Southern Hemisphere. You know, it would have been nice to showcase our players in the cup, uh, not to be. Uh, we just got to look look ahead now and and make sure we qualify for the next one. The last World Cup 2013, there was a lot of competitive matches there. Um, you know, the so-called lesser teams actually 
actually, you know, caused a few surprises and, and proved quite competitive, which, you know, seems to have over the last four years really, you know, kicked the international game up a notch. The format that they've struck for the last couple of World Cups has been really good in terms of, um, you know, the lesser nations having some really competitive games against each other. Uh, and as you say, um, as you get towards the end of the tournament uh, and the bigger games, those sides, though the smaller nations have had a few weeks to, to get some footy together. Um, they've, they've managed to get some combinations working and, and like you say, the, the games have been a lot more competitive. So um, I think, you know, what you've seen from Samoa and Tonga uh, and Fiji over the last few years is a continual growth um, in their, their player talent uh, and, and their style of footy. Um, and that's, to me, that's just come down through these, these opportunities that the players are getting through the Pacific Test. So if the NRL and International Rugby League can be really consistent in, in their scheduling and, and making sure these opportunities continue, then I'm, I'm, I'm confident the World Cups will get stronger and stronger. And I guess uh, one silver lining for the Cook Islands is you, you, you've got the women's side that will be competing in that World Cup. Yeah, and they've got their first uh, training run this Saturday, uh, the Auckland-based girls anyway. So, um, yeah, they're looking forward to it. And you know, it's, it'll be great to, to see them there. Um, obviously, there's a, a strong Cook Island contingent in Australia too. So we're looking forward to um, seeing those two, those sort of those two groups um, battle out and trial against each, each other for, for places in that World Cup squad. So. Uh, nice that it's running concurrently too. I think it, that's been proven in the steps that the NRL taken of, of of integrating the women's game more more around uh, the big fixtures. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be a success as well. With your team not going to the World Cup, what players will you have available? The the laws have been uh, relaxed a little bit. So I mean, is that going to help you? The other thing is too the fact that it's actually on the NRL calendar as a you know an approved fixture. Uh, means that all the players from the island nations should be available. So that doesn't necessarily mean they will be, but obviously it gives the players a great bigger incentive to be a part of what is you know a really strong uh, fixture on the calendar. So obviously you know we've got players who are available for New Zealand selection as well, and good luck to them. We we hope that those those guys uh, become available for the Kiwis, but if not, um, you know the Cook Islands as a second tier nation, we would gladly use those in in, the, in this game. And obviously we also we've got a strong uh, group of young Cook Island men coming through at under 20 level and uh, just sitting below NRL and those will be a few of those guys will get an opportunity in a month's time as well. Do you have sort of an idea in your head about how many NRL players you might have in a squad? I've got an idea uh, whether they all come to fruition is another thing even though it is a dedicated fixture you know we'd like to think we'll have at least a dozen NRL boys um, turning up for us on the night. And that's the Cook Islands men's rugby league coach Tony Ero. A.S. Tafana and A.S. Magenta have been paired with Auckland City and Team Wellington for the second year running in the OFC Champions League semi-finals. Auckland and Tafana finished top of groups C and D at the weekend, joining Magenta and Wellington in the next round. Auckland City and coach Ramon Trebuliac are bidding for a seventh straight Oceania crown. It would play good football from the first game, you know. The first game was one of those games where we had to come back and it was a good comeback in regards to the spirits and the way we did it, you know. But to be fair, we played a great game and uh, had we been a bit more accurate in front of goal, uh, it could have been uh, a different result and in a, in a, in, in probably a different uh, sort of outcome in regards of how we had to battle until the end. You know? But that's life, you know, that's football. And I think we came back really well. They gave us the confidence, you know, coming to the second game. And the second game, 
we played very similar. We had a lot of ball, a lot more than the first game, and again created lots of chances to probably score more than two. But that's that's the game. You know, didn't really give them uh, much. So I think I think the domination and the control of the game was very good, and that's something important to us. And then the last game, well, probably they knew they didn't have a chance. And after after we went through a lot, probably they just gave up, and and we we could bank in some goals that. They probably, in regards to the confidence, uh, we're well, well needed, uh, because we, you know, we've been playing really well, but we haven't been that accurate in front of goal. And, you know, it was good to see them coming in yesterday. So hopefully, you know, leading towards the uh, finals of the both tournaments, uh, you know, it gives us the confidence that, that we need, you know, at this stage. You've talked about the domestic league and some of the challenges you've had there. Uh, I mean, was this viewed as completely separate from that? Do you approach this, the O League, in a different way than you do the domestic league or? Is, you know, is every game another game kind of thing? We understand that the football in the league is different. You know, those teams from the islands play in a different way, so that gives you different challenges in regards of how the game is played. You know, I mean, we approach the game uh, the same way. We, we, we try to control the game with the ball and have more position than the opposition, uh, be patient, and, you know, and then we try to slowly uh, kill these games with our control, basically. You know, that's our style, regardless of uh, where we play. Those teams play more and a more individual uh, way they're a bit structurally maybe not as well organized as in New Zealand uh, but they've got the extra speed and maybe some of those players extra skill uh, that can they can make things happen by themselves you know so they rely a lot on that and that that means the games are a bit different a bit more messy structurally and 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 they, they capitalized from that you know so we needed to be very careful with the way we we moved that ball around because we didn't want to fall into that trap you know that structural trap that would give him a lot of counter-attacks and that these teams benefit a lot from counter-attacking football you know? a lot of new teams in the competition this year from uh, especially the melanesian countries but uh after all's been said and done uh, tim wellington magenta tafana and auckland city it's a pretty familiar looking uh, sort of top four yeah, 100%. I mean, we played Tefana last year in the semi-final and Wellington in the final. We, the three of us need ourselves, uh, know ourselves very well. Magenta, we've played them in the past and we, we understand how difficult it is to play against these sort of sides, especially up in the islands, you know, they, you know, the, uh, the temperature is a, is a factor. You know, the way these guys play when they play at home, uh, makes them uh, very dangerous. So we, you know, we understand the challenges and, you know, we understand that there's a lot of teams that have been in there before and they, they'll probably want to do a lot better and they'll, they'll be very motivated, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough, uh, you know, final four and well, we'll see how we go, uh, game by game. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, obviously quite a few years back now, the O-League format used to have the home and aways in the pool and then home and away at, you know, the knockout stages and it's got pretty ruthless in the last couple of years where it's all been in one spot and, you know, the attrition of playing games every sort of three days is demanding on everybody, but uh, I guess this is kind of a, a happy medium, isn't it? You've had the groups individually, and then uh, you get a little bit of a break. I know you've got domestic uh, games as well, but and then the home and away thing is a little bit more even-handed. One of games are very difficult because if you know you have a slip up, you can have a make a mistake, and they can see the goal, and then you've only got a few minutes, you know, to react uh, when you play home and away. Uh, there's always a second game, but still that doesn't make it easier, you know, because that means that you've got to go and play up in the islands, which is always tough, and especially when you play against good teams like it could be either Tefana or Magenta, you know. So both uh, scenarios suppose different different uh, challenges, and and regardless whether it's uh, home and away or a one-off game, we understand the difficulties because we've done it in the past and and and, and these two different ways, and 
and again, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. We we acknowledge that, and just have to make sure that we, you know, we go take it game by game. Now it's the semi-final of the National League, and that this is our only focus coming up to next week. You know, after that, we will see. That's the Auckland City football coach Ramon Trebuliac. Fiji Netball International Maria Lutua says being a part of Australia's Super Netball League is a dream come true. The 28-year-old shooter played for the now-defunct Yorkshire Jets in the English Super League last season, but says the chance to be a training partner at the Sunshine Coast Lightning in the new Australian competition is another step up. I had a call from one of my very close friends who's coaching here in Queensland. Um, I was coming initially for her club to play for State League because my aim and the dream is to come and be part of the Super League team here. She gave me a call and said that um, Lightning's looking for a training partner and asked if I could be, um, if I wanted to be one of them. I was like, definitely, yes, I'll drop everything. And I was like, yes, I'll take this opportunity. Um, and then later on, I had an email from Nolene with an invitation. So, yeah, with no doubt, I just grabbed the opportunity with both hands and uh, came over straight away. And so what does that entail, being a training partner? There is 10 contracted players and then you have four training partners. Um, in that whatever happens during, like in the season, if someone goes down, they will look into bringing one of us up to a temporary replace an injured player. So, but with that, we get to do everything with them. So we did uh, pre-season training, literally do everything with them, which is a really good thing to be part of the team um, and to be training at that level with people, like with great people around, it's just awesome to be here. As you say, getting to train at such a high level with top players, Caitlin Bassett, Laura Langman, Jeeva Mentor, players like that, uh, obviously fantastic to have them in your team and, and get to mix and mingle and, and learn off them. Definitely. Like the first, the first day I walked up to training, I was a bit intimidated. You know, you only um, dream and wish to play with them and when you get the chance, do you just grab every opportunity? Like at first, I can't believe I'm actually training with these guys, with the legends. But they're just human and they accepted me and just treated me as like one of their teammates, which was really good. And I just felt, you know, I felt like this is the right place to be. Yeah, just looking forward to what, what happens and in the future. You have managed to get on the court though, haven't you? I did during pre-season. Um, so the first three rounds, um, Steph Wood was injured. She was recovering from a knee injury, so I had to and be the replacement, the temporary replacement player. I haven't managed to get on court, but just being there, being part of the team, um, sitting on the sideline, just absorbing the atmosphere and the experience just to be there, I think that's just another step for me. Um, but yeah, so right now, just back to training, just training really hard and just being ready when they need me and if they need to call me out, I'll be ready to step up. And from a Fiji Pearls perspective, Maria, um Obviously, the world champs uh, a while ago now in 2015. Uh, I know there's the Pacific Mini Games coming up in Port Vila. What's on the horizon for the Pearls? Uh, I guess it's sometimes challenging in these down years uh, to get match play as such. Yes, I think because we've had, we've got a different coach now. We've got Vicky Wilson that's come on board, um, but at the moment she's training um, the under 21s for the Botswana World Youth Championship this year. Um, and then definitely when we get back together, that's probably going to be around August. But the team's already training back home. Like I said, we've got competitions that are lined up, but that's just yet to be confirmed. Um, but yeah, it's just next this December, which is the mini games, and we've got com games in April next year. And I guess that com games, because obviously Fiji have missed out on the last couple, that's going to be quite a big deal. It's going to be great. 
you know, for oh, Fiji to be back there. Yeah, like ever since I've been in the team, we've never, we haven't gone to the, like any comp. So we missed out New Delhi and we missed out Scotland. So yeah, I'm looking forward to be to representing the team, the country for the comp game. That's the Fiji Netball Vice Captain Maria Lutua, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.